0: So please, turn to Luke chapter 15. We'll continue in Luke chapter 15. And we'll start at verse 17. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 through 24. And this is Jesus now continuing with the parable. So he said here, But when he came to himself, that's the youngest son, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough And to spare. And I perish with hunger. I will arise. And go to my father. And will say to him. Father. I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy. To be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20. And he arose. And came to his father. But when he was still a great way off. His father saw him. And had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. and the son said to him, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servant, but the father said to his servants, "Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive. Alive again, he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. That's the end of the reading. So, a few things I want to point out here. And we see in verse 17 and verse 18. The son is having an internal dialogue. He's saying, he re, he's remembering his household. He said, wait a minute. My father's servants, they have enough to eat and to spare. And I am here, I'm suffering, I'm hungry. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I will go home, I'm going to go back home and ask my father, I'm going to repent. Admit that I'm wrong and ask him if I can be one of the servants. That's basically the internal dialogue and that's the decision he made. Now this is a shift. The shift now is to return back home. So this internal dialogue, he makes a decision because he's broken and he's at his lowest. And remember, this is important. The shift, the decision to return home It's because of his brokenness. Because what he said here. He said, I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. The son knew the love and compassion of his father to all. Why did I say to all? Because even the servants were treated well. They had enough to eat and to spare. So you know this, this, this man, this household he left was a household filled with love, mercy and compassion. Because the father treated the servants well. They ate well. You know, he took care of them. So he decided to return to his father in humility. And to seek mercy and compassion. So as he returned home, the father recognized him. And went out after him and received him. What the father desired happened. And the father released him with, released him with the hope that when he came to his senses, he would return. The father released him, gave him his inheritance with the hope that he returned because he knew something about the son. And I'll touch a little bit about it. But it says here, the father saw him afar off. And went after him. He didn't wait for the son to come home, then to greet him. The father was looking out in the hope that his son would return. And that was his expectation based on his knowledge of the character of his son. And he didn't wait for the son to come home, he went after the son. And it said in verse, he went after the son when the father saw him, he had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And in verse 21, the son said, after the father hugged him and kissed him. He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's, a, that's what he had, the dialogue he had in his heart and what he confessed to the father. He was broken. He returned in humility and he's repenting. For what he had done to the Father, for his sin. He repented of his sin. But the Father received him and had compassion and showed him mercy. How do I know that? Because the Father restored him as a son and not as a servant. He restored him in his rightful place as son and not as a servant. So that is, compa- that is showing compassion. And that is having mercy. Why? Because he didn't get what he deserved. The father could have rejected him. The father could have made him a servant. But the father restored him. As son. a son. He didn't get what he deserved. He got compassion instead. He got grace. Alright. Now I want to show you something. What, Apostle, what Timothy was writing about, about, how this, about the saints, and show you the parallel to this, this story of the parable, the story of the lost son. So turn to 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 23 to 26. I want to show you this. And it shows the heart of God and how we are to conduct ourselves with people. With others who have this type of attitude. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 23. I'll, jump, I'll go back to verse 22. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. And I'm going to point out the son. And I'm going to point out the father in this. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. The Bible says flee also youthful lusts. This is what got the son in trouble. Youthful lust. He didn't flee it. He embraced his lust. That's why he left the father's home. That's why he demanded his inheritance. Left the father's home, squandered the money, partied, and then he was left in a, in a position where he's desperate and hungry. So he gave into his use for lust. And in verse 20, uh, uh, let me continue. But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Verse 23 And avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. Verse 25 In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, So that they may know the truth. And verse 26. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. Watch this. The son was ignorant and the father knew that arguing with him was fruitless. The son was embracing his lust, his youthful lust. Because the father tried to instill certain principles or characters in him. But it was difficult to teach the son how to act right. How to live right. How to have the right attitude. So the father released him. Because the Bible says, you what? Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. The father didn't want strife in his house. Because strife continually and perpetually pervasive in a home over time can permanently damage the relationship between the father and the son so the father had to let him go that's not an easy decision to make the father had to let him know because he knew something he knew if he held on and denied the son what he wanted even though I'm sure he, he tried to reason with the son and plead with the son to stay he let him go He knew that his son was selfish, naive, inexperienced, and rebellious. For his, for the son's attitude to change, there were some things the son had to learn on his own. No matter what the father did or said, the son couldn't receive it. So the father knew the only way he's going to learn what he has to learn. He said he has to learn, he had to let him go and let him go out in the world and experience for himself. So the father patiently waited for his son's return because he knew his son did not have the character to survive on his own. He knew the son didn't have it because look at what he did. He lacked wisdom. He was naive. So the father knew he, he can, he's not going to make it on his own. He knew he's going ha- to have to come back home. So in order not to damage the relationship, the father left the door open. So he let him go sooner. And he left the door open so the son can return. So the father knew something about the son. He knew the son better than the son knew his own self. And like us when we were younger. We always thought we knew more than our parents. And we were rebellious. We were naive. And we lacked wisdom. But then we found out later. We weren't as smart and wise as we thought we were. Because what? We had to experience some things in life that brought the reality of our ignorance into light or to light. So the power father patiently waited for his son's return because he knew his son did not have the character to survive on his own. The life lessons corrected the son's thinking and therefore his behavior. He repented to his father because he knew he was wrong and now knows the truth. The life lessons he learned were invaluable. As it said here in 2 Timothy, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So the father had to let him go. And then he said here, verse, and it said here in verse 24, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach and be and patient. So the father knew he had to be patient with the son he had to let him go. So that's the only way he, he will have a teachable moment. Or teachable moment. As he, he, he went out into this far country. And at it, it verse 25 it says. In humility correcting those who are in opposition. God perhaps will grant them repentance. That they may know the truth. That happened. Because when the son spent all. And, ex- and, ha- and was experiencing hunger. And need in the time of famine. When he was broke. He was humbled by the experience. And what was the shift that was taking place in his mind? He said, I'm going to go home to my father and repent. And said, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And verse 26 says, That they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. That's what happened when the son came to his senses. With that experience he had. With need and want and hunger and lack. He came to his senses because he had the internal dialogue. He said, wait a minute. Might the servants of my father have enough to eat and to spare? I'm going to go back home. I'm going to be one of the servants so I can eat. So I can live comfortably. I'm going to repent. So he came to his senses. And escape the snare of the devil, why? Because he was moving in his own lust, when you move in your own lust, you open up yourself to be taken advantage of by the evil one, and now he was released from the snare of the of the devil, because he's no longer moving in his own lust, he is now thinking and acting in terms of the wisdom of God when he returned home and repented to the Father, he learned something. So the life lessons he had to learn were invaluable because sometimes, no matter how we try to train our children, how we try to direct them in the way they should live, there are sometimes, there, some children are just rebellious and want to do things their own way. So instead of restraining them, sometimes you have to let them go and let them learn the life lessons. I know why we, we try to hold on to them, because we don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them to squander resources. But this is not what the father did. The father wasn't concerned about the stuff. He was concerned about the soul of his son. So he had to let him go. So he released the son so he can learn the lessons sooner and come to his senses quicker. That's not an easy thing to do. To release your, your young son to go and do whatever he wants to do to avoid the strife and the breakdown of the family because of this one rebellious child. You got to let him go so you could have peace in your home. If he denied him, there would have been years of quarreling, strife and discord in the home. The relationship with his father would have been severely strained and eventually the son would separate. The son would leave anyway. Reconciliation would be more difficult, if at all, the longer we allow strife between the father and the son. You know, think about people you might have known, or even in your own family situation, or family members. Years of argument, years of quarreling, causing unnecessary mental anguish. And then to get people to reconcile, it becomes very, very difficult. Why? Because all the years of resentment and hurt, over all this time has been built up and people are so stuck in their ways and their position and their stand they're not willing to reconcile it's easier to reconcile when you let when you leave people alone it's easier because there is the strife and the animosity there is not that much built up over time why because you won't you release that person i know what i'm saying is not easy I know you have, we have children. It's not easy to see them go down the wrong path. But if you want them to come to their senses faster, and you could have peace in your house, sometimes you have to make the difficult choice to let them go. And trust God to keep them. And that one day they will repent, come to their senses, and they feel free and safe to return home. And we don't treat them like servants or like dogs when they return home. We restore them as their rightful position as sons or daughters in your home. That is not easy. But this is what the father is doing. This is the heart of God. So the father knew what he tried to instill in his son. And with the son's attitude, he could not, the son couldn't receive what the father had to teach him. He knew his son lacked character. The only way the son's attitude could be changed. Or his soul save. Is by letting him experience life lessons. The father had to let that happen. To to let the son come to a breaking point. So that he would come to his senses. And so that the shift and reconciliation would take place sooner than later. God has given us free will. And he will never force himself on us. Just like the father never forced his will on the son. God leads. But we have to follow. The father guided his son. But the son had to choose to follow. He had to choose to listen. He had to choose to obey. The father was patient. And his love was endless. But eventually the son had to choose him. God is patient. His love is endless. But we have to choose. To follow him. God extends his love to all. When his children stray as the son is in this parable strayed, the father allowed him to go it 's not easy to release your children to the wolves, but sometimes you have to do that because you'll have that enemy in your house fighting against you all the time. so you let him go, but eventually, we have to believe God that they will come to their senses, you know. The same is for sinners and the way we treat people. We have to extend God's love to them. We may have people that's contrary to us. People that we love, people that we care about. We try to lead them the right way. We try to give them the right advice, godly counsel, but they reject it. Do you force your will? Do not force your will on people. Let them go. And trust God to bring them back. That's what the Father did. And that's what God does to us. Think about it. Whatever decisions we make in life. God will lead, guide us. But eventually. If we choose to do what we want. He allows it. He allows it. And we hear it in conversation. We try to guide and correct people. Or people try to guide and correct us. And, we, and some of us get in our heads. Who is this person? Who is this person? What do, who do they think trying to tell me how to live my life? Who are they to tell me how to do this or how to do that? Who are they to tell me how to raise my children? Who are they to tell me how to spend my money? I'm grown. I am this. You all, you're full of yourself. The same way you don't like people telling you or trying to direct you on how to live. It's the same way people don't like you telling them how to live. But if you have a heart of humility, you'll be willing to listen, especially to the person who's trying to guide you. If if you know that they have a character, a godly character, if you know they're trustworthy, if you know that the counsel over time has always been godly, why would you reject it? You reject it because you have a rebellious heart. You reject it because you have a prideful heart. And you want to live life on your terms. So the same way you want to be left alone. Is the same way you have to leave people. Who, want, who reject you and want to live their life. Let them live their life. But pray that god will intercede or they will be put in a position when they have to make the choice when that internal dialogue is taking place pray that they will make the right choice and return that's how we need to pray for people let them go but pray that god will keep them pray that they will come to their senses before their life's taken from them because when your life's taken that's sometimes it's too late Pray that they will come to their senses. Pray that God will intercede. Pray that God would have mercy and compassion on them. And that they will come to their senses quicker. And return and repent. The father didn't care about the stuff. The father didn't care about the money. He cared about the soul of his son. His son was lost. Dead. When I say dead, not physically dead. He was separated from the father in his thinking. That's what he means. He said, my son was dead and is now alive. We were separated because of his thinking. That's that's when we we, we turn against God. We are separated from God. Sinners are separated from God. Why? Because they are enemies to God in their thinking. However, he said, my son was dead and now he's found. He's alive. He was lost and he's found. He's alive because why? Because he has reconciled to the father. That's why he's alive. They can have a relationship. The relationship has been restored. They can have fellowship, koinonia. They can have oneness. That is the reconciliation taken, that has taken place. And that's what happens to us when we repent of our sins and return to God. We now are no longer separated from God. We have koinonia. We have fellowship. We came to our senses and we said yes to Jesus. We said forgive us father we have sinned. And we come before you now. In the precious name and blood of Jesus. Why? Because that is the mechanism. Why we can be reconciled to God. Through the precious blood of Christ. So we come to God. In repentance. The son lacked wisdom. And he returned home wiser. He returned home responsible. He returned home experienced and no longer naive. In other words, he left an idiot and came back wise. He returned home a different man. The person that left the house is not the same person who came back home. The one that came home was a mature son was a son who has experienced certain things and now has a the character that the father was trying to instill in him it's now in him that's the son that's returned that's the son and i'm reminded of psalm 51:17 which says and it's and it's clearly demonstrated here the heart of the father and the heart of god it says and i'm reading it i'm saying it from the i'm quoting it from the amplified it says my only sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken with sorrow for sin, thoroughly repentant. Such a spirit, such a heart, oh God, you will not despise. And that's what happened when we are at our lowest. That's what happened when we have that internal dialogue and make the decision to return to God and repent God will never reject a broken spirit and a contrite heart he will never reject it that's why the father was looking out for the son when he saw the son coming home he knew he was broken he knew he was changed and he restored him to his position of sonship look at the the mercy and the compassion of God he didn't deserve to be restored and called son but the Father restored him. He didn't deserve it. The Father showed him compassion. And that's the same God, way God is with us. And that's the way we need to be with other people. We have to have a heart of compassion. We have to show mercy to people. We cannot be hard and coarse to people. We have to be broken. Because when people come to us and ask for forgiveness, they are broken. And we must forgive. Why? Because that's the heart of God. And that's what's required of us. We cannot hold grudges against people. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much a person person has hurt you. You cannot hold grudges against people. We have to forgive. How can we be say we are children of God when we hold... Grudges against people when we refuse to forgive and we won't show mercy and have compassion with people. How can we call ourselves Christians, children of God, when we hold grudges against people? That is not right. Check your heart. I know it's not easy. I know. I know it's not easy when people hurt you. It's not easy. But this is where God will give you the grace to do what in your own power you can't do. That's why they said, the battle is the Lord. That's why we have given grace. We have the Holy Spirit to help us to do what we don't want to do in the natural. It's not done by, the, by the, the will of man. It's done by the power of God. As we choose to take steps of faith to forgive and show compassion. That's an act of faith. Because you don't have the power in yourself to do it. God will give you the power to do it. So we see the heart of God. We see what matters to God. It's not the stuff. The stuff doesn't matter to God. God is always thinking eternity. He's always thinking along the eternal plane. Reconciling with the lost and the, the dead. Those who are enemies to God in their thinking. That's what matters to God. Man makes his choice. But God allows in the hope that the lost will return to him. When they recognize his unfailing love. His arms are wide open. When they recognize that he's not a God that's there to beat them over the head. When he's not an accusatory uh, Lord and God. His arms are open wide. His love is limitless. Compassion and mercy. I know I don't deserve it. And if you all understand the love of God, we know we don't deserve it. We are not good enough. We can't be good enough. We can't be bad enough. We can't be good looking enough. None of it matters. Any, nothing we have is of any value to God as far as us trying to be good with God. All we have to do is repent. All we have to do, do is surrender and recognize our, our shortfalls in the presence of a holy God. And when we recognize that. And his love towards us. We are able to express that same type of love to others. God is merciful. And compassionate. If you really understand what it means to love the way God loves. It's amazing what God will do through your life. His glory would be revealed through your life. And truly I believe we are living in a time. There is a reason why we have coronavirus. There is a reason why things are happening the way they are happening in in this earth. Because as we, we get closer to the end, the sons of God have to be made manifest. And what we choose to do in the times we are living in, we determine the trajectory of our lives going forward and how much God is able to express himself through our lives. So that the world can see the glory of God in and through our lives. That is what's coming. That is what is going to happen. Why? Because Jesus said it. He prayed it in John 17. It will happen. Creation is waiting, groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. That is going to happen. It will happen. And I believe the times, the stresses that are coming upon this earth and will continue to... To happen is to pressurize and cause those who are really seeking the heart of God to press into him. So his glory can be revealed through their lives. Glory to God. That will happen. It's going to happen because God's word is eternal. What God says will happen. I don't care what we think. What we think doesn't matter. What God says will happen. The question is, are we getting in line with what he's doing? Are we pressing in to hear his heart and his mind and what we are supposed to be doing, how we are supposed to be living? Are we children of God? Are we expressing compassion and mercy to others? That's why Jesus said, Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. That's, my God, compassion and mercy. That is the heart of God. And every day the Lord is showing things about his heart and how we ought to live. No matter how far we stray, God is always open to receive us. But we have to choose. We have to choose him.